0: If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Health Care for Humans, hosted by Dr. Sundar, expands our understanding of the history and culture of different communities and how to provide culturally responsive care. There's an episode you should check out where guest Dr. Duran details the systemic barriers faced by individuals with DACA status and highlights the importance of addressing these barriers. Check out Healthcare for Humans on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.
1: I'm Tara Bradner, and this is Hopeful Hints, an infertility podcast where you will receive quick, hopeful hints to guide you through infertility. Here you will find education, inspiration, and most importantly, find peace as you walk through this journey to fulfill your family vision. Welcome to Hopeful Hints. I'm your host, Dr. Tara Brander. And before we get into today's guest episode, I want to share with you the Confident Fertility Academy. It is the only program of its kind available and created by a doctorate nurse practitioner with advanced fertility training. Inside the Academy is a step by step approach to help you learn everything you need about fertility healthcare to move forward confidently. When building your family no matter what stage you were at with your journey you will receive a free community not located on social media and access to all training videos and live monthly group coaching for life with me check out the link in today's show notes i am so excited to bring you today's guest she is going to be sharing publicly For the first time, her journey with infertility. So without further ado, I am so excited to introduce Marley Perrin to you. Welcome Marley to Hopeful Hints.
2: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
1: The other cool thing about Marley is she is probably not recognized in the infertility community because she has spent nearly 10 years in the top 1% of her industry and sales and business leadership. So she's coming to us for the first time in the community and publicly with her journey through infertility. In addition to, like I said, she's going to provide hints for you guys, but becoming a mother was always in her vision from a very young age. And she knew choosing a career was important to her that would allow her to work from home and provide that freedom and flexibility to be the kind of mom she always envisioned herself to be but with that came infertility. So Marley, share with us your journey through infertility. I'd love to.
2: So when I met my now husband, I was just 25 years old and he happened to be recently divorced and he had three children, he had three young boys. And so um, we met and like, that was it. We were sold. And, uh, and so I became a work at home step mom. You know, I'd always dreamed of being a work-at-home mom. So I kind of got a kick in the pants and it was like, careful what you wish for. Here you go. Here's a family of five all at once. And so, you know, I, I was able to, you know, start living out that dream that I always had of being a work at home mom. And we knew from the beginning of our relationship that I wanted to be able to uh, mother a, a baby and hopefully conceive. And and we knew from the beginning it was going to be a bit of a princess and a bit of a journey um, because my husband had had a vasectomy in his prior marriage. He had thought that they were done. And so we knew that was going to be part of our process. And I also had a really strong inkling that I had endometriosis because of some family history and, and all of the symptoms that I was living with. So that was sort of the start to our, our journey in starting to conceive. So, um, that led us to, uh, my husband needing to get a reversal uh, is where we started in our journey and he, he went and underwent that. I'm in Canada and so I think a vasectomy is free and I want to say a reversal was like six. so it's a little different but the reversal is elective and so that was out of pocket and it was about $6,500 I want to say to start off our journey and it ended up working but not well. And so um, we, we didn't have strong count on his end. So that gave us not a lot of hope in terms of being able to conceive naturally. Um, and then I had undergone surgery for my endometriosis to just, just to see if it was there, number one, and how bad it was. And I, I was diagnosed with stage four um, endometriosis after, after going through an excision laparoscopic surgery. So we knew from the get go, we were gonna need some help in our process.
1: Wow. And that's like two things coming at you. It's male and female factor, technically. I mean, that you have to deal with. I think most maybe don't realize like reversal doesn't equal spectacular high quality sperm. There's a lot that kind of goes into that factor too. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I mean, I can share a little bit about that process alone was that, you know, we, we assumed going to our family doctor goal was and then obviously that led to a referral to the, the vasectomy reversal was, was the next step. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I think that if I was going to go back and, and go through this all again, I would have started at a fertility specialist because, you know, then we might've learned that, hey, this is going to be a lot of money out of pocket for something that may not work. And did you know we can just go in and take, take sperm out? And then, you know, with my potential infertility, factor, um, you know, they might have led us down that path versus him going through this, this surgery where they put him, it's not as easy as the vasectomy, right? That's just a quick snip snip. This was a full on, he was put under, it underwent surgery, right? So um, that, that was a little bit of a hindsight um, that we, you know, if we could do it again, we might, we might start with a fertility specialist. Um, and, and then second of all, when we went after his surgery to to find out if if it worked or not so they did a sperm sample their answer to us was that yes there was lots of sperm when we checked that yes it did work there was sperm and there was lots those were their words and so when we went to our fertility specialist um, after I had undergone my surgery and my diagnosis and we were finally at the clinic and they did their own test they said I don't know where they got those answers from because He had count of I think it was two hundred thousand, and I think they said he should have fifteen million. I want to say the numbers. So we were given some false information or some mistake. I'm not sure, Um, but definitely, if I could go back, I would go to the people that specialize in this and and not going through our general practitioner.
1: Absolutely, I think that's a good takeaway overall, and I think. That is a good segue. Your first hopeful hint right off the bat, learn to advocate for yourself.
2: (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. And yes, that is, I think sometimes we can, sometimes we can put healthcare providers, you know, on this pedestal, like they know all, they have all the answers and, and we put all of our trust and our hope in them. And we should, in some, in some ways. But at the same time, like the only person that truly has your 100% interest, that knows your story, that knows where you're at is you. And one that I learned was that I put a little bit too much trust in the system based on what I just shared. Um, but also I had, I had my surgeon send a referral that, that never got sent. And so I spent three months waiting to hear back from my fertility clinic but they never received my referral. And it wasn't until I started getting on the phone and, and inquiring that I learned that I had, you know, basically wasted three months waiting. And that, if you are a woman in dealing with infertility, three months of waiting is a lifetime, especially, you know, when emotions are already high. It it was heartbreaking to know that we had lost that time. Um, You know, and, and, now that I'm on the other end of it, it feels like okay, it was three months, but in that time, that was the end of the world. And so <laughs> you're <like>, just—it <laughs> was years. It was, I was, it was heartbreaking. I was, I was so lost over it. And and so then I, I started and since then, in, in all of my healthcare journey, um, I've strongly advocate for myself. So I, if I'm getting a referral, I'm asking when do you think that referral will be received, and they'll say oh a week, and I say great, and I put it in my calendar. And I call that other end and I say, did you receive my referral? I just wanted to make sure that it came through and when I can expect to hear from you. And then I put that date in my calendar and I'm constantly in follow up mode, um, taking back the control over my health, health and my journey so that I'm not relying on people because at the end of the day, these are just people. Um. Doing, doing their best and no one is intentionally making mistakes, but, you know, it's something that we can take some control back over. And, and that feels really good to feel in control of that.
1: I love that. You guys, there's no such thing as bothering or annoying or asking too many questions. No, 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 no. Like remove that. That is your right. That is what, and it's unfortunate that like you have to do that, you know, and, do all of this but that's the reality like you said it's people you know and and things get missed and there's no three months is three months too long like you said it should have been three weeks at the max you know that you should have received that and so just to reassure the listeners that you have that right and you can be asking and inquiring and all of the things just just know that you're not bothering you're not you're not annoying It's okay for you to be doing those things.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And and I also keep in my notes app on my phone because I always have my phone near me or on me. I keep a list of questions that come up as they come up into my mind. I write them down and, and I make sure that I bring that list with me to my appointments so that I don't leave there going, oh, I forgot to ask this or I didn't ask that. Because especially when it's in infertility, it's so highly emotional that leaving there without an answer can, can really make or break your mindset, right? Like it can really, really eat you up and and take over too much of your mental space that if you had just written it down and and taken that time, know that that time with your healthcare provider is your
1: time. And so they're going to answer your questions. If you can remember to ask, ask them. hundred percent. I'm a huge advocate for that too. Like ask those questions, do not leave, until it's answered or if you think of it later on I don't care if it's midnight you send that question in your portal or make the phone call leave a voicemail clearly they're not going to answer at midnight so it's okay for you to call at midnight and you're not waking them it's in the office So, love that yeah that is so good let's shift it right over because it's flowing your mindset matters hopeful hit number two okay so
2: this one this one I have to I don't have to, I really want to tread lightly in how I explain this one, because this one is so emotional for women that are going through this process. Um, And it's something that I personally, I mean, we all all navigate this. It's it's that when someone you know makes their announcement um, or someone you see on Facebook or on your social media, it's that their time has come. And you're sitting there still feeling you know, so lost in your own journey and and that can feel really frustrating. Um, the word jealousy comes up, but it really isn't jealousy. It's so much deeper than that. And so I just wanted to share how I chose to navigate that part of this process because I think it's something that we all have to learn to navigate in this because it's inevitable. And so in in my prompts, and, and I want to preface by just saying like, No matter where you fall in what I'm going to share, like, it's okay. Forgive yourself, right? Like if you're in hurt and you're in mad and frustrated and, and you can't be positive or happy for someone, just forgive yourself. I just hope that something that I share in this, because this is the one, like I might cry while talking about it. That's okay. It's just, it's, I just hope that I can help somebody in some small way to navigate this because I know I've been, I've been in business for 10 years as an entrepreneur. Mindset is everything, and I think in healthcare we know that your mindset can affect your like physiological health too. And so, um, when I was going through my journey, my cousin had announced after they had a little bit of an infertility journey themselves, and they announced that they were pregnant. And I remember feeling like that feeling, that ugh feeling, and I really sat on it for a bit because I was so happy for her that she that her time her time came. I was so happy for her because I thought I can't have these negative feelings towards her. Like her time came and I'm I know she's so happy, right? And she deserves to have some happiness from me. And I said to my husband, I think how I feel is I'm really happy for her, but I can't be happy for her. So what that looked like for me was I don't think I can send her a text to say congratulations, because I don't mean it. And I don't think I can go to a family dinner this week. Um, maybe at all, you know, maybe next week I'll feel different. But for now, I'm gonna give myself permission to not put myself in that position. But I'm gonna choose that I'm not mad at her. I'm not feeling anything negative toward her. I'm gonna choose to set my intention around this scenario, is that I am so happy that her time has come. And her journey has nothing to do with mine. And so it, it's not fair for me to take my feelings and apply them to her journey because they're just totally separate scenarios I just happen to be navigating this thing that feels really hard and it feels really personal to hear someone else's you know time has come before mine and so that was so freeing to go into that with that mindset of I can't be happy I'm happy for her but I can't be happy for her and so it allowed me to put my mindset first. So if showing up to that shower isn't going to serve me today, then I'm not going to do it. But, but maybe I'm not going to close that off to myself. Maybe that day I'm going to feel really good and I'm going to maybe show up or maybe I'll just go for a little bit and say hello and say I got to run. And so I just gave myself permission to let it look like what it looked like, but to choose happiness and choose to be happy for her and that when my time comes, I hope that someone else can choose that same mindset and that I'm not a cause of hurt to someone else because they're
1: choosing to take back control of those feelings. And so again, I know. Oh, God. So, so good. What I'm hearing you say is, you guys, you are in control and that can change minute to minute, hour to hour with how you're going to deal with it. There's no right or wrong. You yes. are in control. Of how you want to move forward with that, with whatever that trigger, maybe even we could call it like that trigger, yeah. like especially announcements, baby showers, they get nauseous sometimes even talking about them, Like, but you and know it's okay. Whatever decision you make is your decision and only you get to navigate and decide what is right. That's exactly it. It's, it's taking back control. Yeah, that was. That's what it is. I love that, Marley. Wow. Number three, surround yourself with support. So um,
2: surround yourself with support. What that means to me is that it doesn't mean like tell everybody or have a community necessarily. It just means like, what does support look like for you? What would feel good for you? For me, I didn't want to share our journey publicly. Um, And honestly, this is definitely a part of my journey I've never shared is that we have, I have 3 stepsons, as I shared. And so I didn't know how much or how little I wanted to share with them. And then being that they live half-time with us and half-time in another home, I didn't know if they would, you know, blah, cause they're little boys and they'd be excited maybe, or, or I don't know. And then you just, now you've lost control over who knows and who doesn't know. Um, and so I just really wanted to keep it as close to me and my husband as I could in that time. Um, and I also wanted to be able to share it with, with them when it felt right, you know, when it felt, when it, when I felt ready. And so, um, we chose not to share it with, with a lot of people. What I did find in terms of support was my, my husband, of course, was a big supporter for, for me going through this. And I mean, he was going through it too. It was just a lot more emotionally challenging for me, I would say in our journey. He, he didn't have those same feelings of brokenness maybe, or, you know, I, I felt broken. I felt worried that it was me. There's something wrong with me. He knew that he could make children. He knew that his infertility was like medically made, <laughs> we'll say, from his vasectomy. And so, you know, it, having him support me through that was huge and telling him what I needed from him in that time being really communicative and what I needed from him to support me was really important. I chose to find some online communities where I felt a little bit more anonymous. So Facebook groups, I found some. And and then I I didn't share with friends and family. I wanted to keep it to me because for me, I knew that talking about it with more people and then having more opinions or more questions was going to feel like I had, I, I like to feel in control. so. I would have felt that I had lost that level of control over my, my process. And so I didn't share after when I, when I was fortunate enough that I became pregnant, I had some women in my community that had heard through the grapevine that I had gone through IDF and they reached out to me really respectfully, just saying, Hey, I heard you went through this. Are you open to a conversation? Because I'm just going through it myself. And so I was able to be that light for someone. We grabbed coffee, just shared, you know, what, what we went through. They shared what they went through. I shared what I did and just having somebody who gets it. There's nobody that gets it the same as someone that's been through it. And still so being able to be that person for someone felt really good. And that's honestly what also inspired me to want to share it more publicly. It's just maybe giving someone some hope and some some feeling of, hey, you're not alone because I live in a small community and the amount of people that I've heard now and that have reached out to me to say, hey, me too, it's kind of mind-blowing how, how common it is. And so just whatever support looks like for you, know that you get to decide who you tell, who you don't tell. I didn't even tell my own mother. <laughs> and... You get to decide what support looks like for you and then make sure that you surround yourself with lots of it, whatever level that is.
1: I love that. And once again, you're in control. You get to decide. Thank you, Marley, for being with us today. Welcome to our community and your first time sharing publicly. I think, would you agree on the other side? It's still forever. It's with you. Infertility in your journey. It didn't leave you. It's still there. Absolutely. Even just thinking about what I wanted to share today, I was in
2: tears, just reliving some of those feelings. Oh, my cry right now. Reliving some of those feelings and some of that journey that we went through. You know, you learn to kind of move on and life carries on afterwards if, if you, you know, are so fortunate to, to get an after, but it doesn't leave you. Like just, just thinking about it has brought me back to tears and reliving some of those emotions and those feelings that I was going through. And so, I just hope that somebody listening to this today can know that wherever you're at in your journey, however it is feeling to you, um, that you can gain some control back. I think that is my unintended message today. You've got people that have got your back or you've got a system that's got your back to know that it can help you navigate that the
1: emotional side to this this journey of infertility. Thank you, Marley, for joining us. I will have ways you can connect with Marley and reach out, especially if you find your story aligns or connects with her. Once you're in this community or I was in the community, reach out to her and you can find that in today's show notes. Thank you again, Marley, for joining us and for sharing your story.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be able to have shared it with you.
0: If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example. Healthcare for Humans, hosted by Dr. Sundar, expands our understanding of the history and culture of different communities and how to provide culturally responsive care. There's an episode you should check out where guest Dr. Duran details the systemic barriers faced by individuals with DACA status and highlights the importance of addressing these barriers. Check out Healthcare for Humans on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.